Max walked directly behind Shem and was the first of the group to step foot inside the ark. As the animals followed and came in the door, a hush fell over the ark. Not one creature made a sound, and all eyes were staring right at Max. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. And keep in mind, you can download your very own copy of the audiobook, The Ark, the Read, and the Fire Cloud, by visiting www.audible.com or check out Jenny's website, epicorderofthe7.com where you'll find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven books including her latest book The Declaration, The Sword, and the Spy Go to epicorderofthe7.com On today's episode we'll hear chapter 42 from The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud plus later in the podcast we'll check into Jenny's Corner and find out all about the hero of the day But first let's turn things over to our hosts Here's Max and Liz well, Liz, anyway, uh, uh, where's your bud? Well, monsieur, I have asked him to come in a minute late so I could give him a proper introduction. Huh? What, here's Max and Liz wasn't good enough? Not today, mon frere. Ahem, <clears throat> uh, maestro? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals of all species, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the top dog, Le Terrific de Terrier, the... Can I come in yet? I was still introducing you. Well, you might squeeze it down a wee bit. We dog is aged seven years at a time, you know. Oh, Max, in honor of today's episode, I was trying to give you a proper hero's welcome. Oh, well, well then, then don't let me stop you then, right? Ah, maestro? Yes, he is a dog among men. I suppose. With a tail that wags faster than a hummingbird's wings. Well, I don't know about that. With jaws more powerful than any bone. Well, now you're just embarrassing me. Able to leap a fairly thick log in a single bound if he gets a running start. Now you're embarrassing both of us. He is the canine crusader. The what? Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce. All right already. I'm flattered and all, lass, but have you gone daft? Did you get hold of some bad kitty food or something? No, Max. Do you remember the day that we actually boarded the Ark? Aye. It's not like it's something I'm likely to forget any time soon, lass. Well, then, you know that remember the reception you received, eh? Aye, I do. And it's the part I wouldn't mind forgetting, then. Chapter 42 The Hero When they reached the entryway of the broad door of the ark, the animals heard a symphony of noise coming from inside. Squawks, roars, chirps, and bellows brought the ark alive with sound. Shem looked back at the animals and said, You see, you aren't the only ones who've come to the ark. You'll have lots of friends here. Liz smiled pleasantly and thought, he has no idea about how much we animals know. Humans must not understand animals very well. Hmm. This thought alone was intriguing to Liz. She would enjoy educating them. 
Here we go, lassie, said Max to Kate, grinning a mile wide. And then to Liz. Okay, Liz, let's see where this journey's led us then. Liz and Max exchanged smiles of anticipation. Henriette pecked Al in the back as he stood there, holding up the line, his jaw dropped in awe of the Ark's massive size. Ouch! That hurt me backside, said Al as he frowned and picked up his pace. Jacques put his feathered wing over Al's back and apologized for his henpecking wife as they walked along. Giorgio and Pauline went clop, clop, clop up the ramp, as did Isabella and Don Pedro. Rudy and Rosie buzzed around excitedly, hovering just above the group, but not wanting to fly ahead of them. Max walked directly behind Shem and was the first of the group to step foot inside the ark. As the animals followed and came in the door, a hush fell over the ark. Not one creature made a sound, and all eyes were staring right at Max. Noah came up to Shem and stopped as he, too, perceived the sound of silence. He and Shem looked around and studied the stalls. Silence, stillness, and staring were universal among the animals. Noah looked down at Max and the others, an eyebrow raised in question. It seems our new friend here is having quite the effect on the ark, Noah said to Shem as he crouched down to be eye-level with Max. Welcome, my little friend. My, what influence you have for one so small. Noah petted Max on the back and then petted Kate, who wagged her tail, eager to meet this nice man. What do you suppose the animals are doing, father? Shem asked as he looked around. Do these animals know something we don't? It was all Liz could do to keep from bursting out laughing. What a silly question! she thought as she walked up to greet Noah. She was curious to meet yet another human who for all practical purposes appeared quite trustworthy. Noah stroked Liz and remarked, What a beautiful... Uh, cat, God whispered. Cat! Liz purred and looked right in Noah's eyes, studying him. <laughs> Doesn't she look intelligent, Jim? he said, chuckling taken in by her big golden eyes. Well, perhaps he knows more than I thought if he perceived that obvious truth, Liz thought to herself. Max felt all eyes on him, and he soon became very uncomfortable. Liz, why is everyone staring at me? I can answer that one, Crinan said as he flapped over to land next to them. Bithu and me have spread the word about you, Max. We've told them about how it were your idea to rescue the water-trapped beasties. They've been waiting for you, just to get a glimpse of you. Crinan smiled as he looked around at the staring animals. It appears you are quite the hero, mon ami, said Liz, smiling at Max, happy for her friend. Max lowered his head in humility. But I didn't do anything. The maker showed me how to get across the channel. I just figured it were a good idea to help others. That doesn't make me special. Of course it does, said a voice from behind. It was a beautiful, long, reddish-brown snake that slithered up next to Max and the others. His scales had an iridescent sheen to them as he rose up to greet them with a smile. 
I can't tell you what a privilege it is to meet you, Max. May I call you Max? Your fame has spread around the world, and we all have you to thank for it. If it weren't for you, we'd all still be sitting on the seashores of our various lands, wondering how to follow the fire cloud. Yes, you are a hero. Oh, well, thank you. I'm honored to have helped. Where did you come from? asked Max humbly, yet wanting to know about one of his uh, fans. And I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Call me Charlie, from Borneo. Quite a long way, I assure you. I just had to be the first to greet you and say welcome. And thank you, Max. Thanks for what you've done. Said the snake, genuinely pleased to meet Max. He turned to the Ark inhabitants and shouted, Everyone, let's hear a cheer for Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce, our hero. With that, the entire Ark erupted in noise again. Cheers echoed throughout the Ark for Max. Oh, Max, I'm so proud of you. You've always been me, hero. Now you're the hero for the world. Kate said as she kissed Max on the cheek. Noah and Shem shook their heads and laughed in wonder at the reaction of the animals. They had seen so many new animal behaviors over the past three days that nothing seemed to surprise them anymore. Shem then turned to lead Max, Kate, Liz, and Al down the middle corridor, while Noah took the cows and horses with him to the lower deck, but failed to notice the seed sack and reed around Isabella's neck. Henriette squawked and followed Don Pedro down the corridor, her wings spread as she waddled behind him. Jacques fell in line and followed his wife. Noah looked at the hen as she flapped her wings and flew up to ride the big bull. Chuckling at the unusual relationship of these creatures, he said, I guess you don't have to go to the bird deck if you'd rather stay with the bull. It looks like you are good friends. Henriette sat smugly on top of Don Pedro while the bull looked painfully at his wife, Isabella. The journey was over, but evidently the training was not. Rudy and Rosie instinctively flew to the noise of the waterfall, finding their way to a trumpet vine filled with flowers. They were in heaven as they sipped the sweet nectar. The hummingbirds began to meet the other birds and creatures gathered in the rainforest, telling them, yes, they had traveled with Max. Everyone wanted to hear about their journey and the brave hero they had heard so much about. Rudy and Rosie were the center of attention by the waterfall that afternoon. Walking down the corridor, Max and the others passed stall after stall of admiring creatures who shouted their thanks to Max. G'day, mate. You sure were an ace leader to help us. Name's Boomer, and this is my wife, Sheila. We're from the Northern Territory of Australia. We'll be seeing you around. Thanks heaps, said the big kangaroo. The bearded dragons also waved and echoed Boomer's remarks. Konnichiwa, Max, said a pair of rats who bowed low in respect as they greeted him, smiling with big front teeth and heavy Asian accents. A pair of giant flying squirrels flew over to land next to them and chimed in, Tomo arigato. Thank you very much for helping us make it here. Uh, we've come from Japan. 
the squirrels said, as they also bowed to pay honor to the great dog hero. Max nodded respectfully back at the animals, saying, You're welcome, as he walked along, feeling a little embarrassed by all this attention. Kate just nuzzled her mate with affection, soaking up this big moment for him, proud to be at his side. They came to a stall with a group of animals perched on what looked like a gently rolling green pasture. Max's heart caught in his chest. It looked almost like Scotland. There in the stall was a pair of small goats, but they were different from Gilliman. They clearly weren't mountain goats. As they approached, the goats fell over on the floor, their legs stiff and straight in the air. What in the name of Pete is wrong with them? asked Max as he walked by. Hello, Max. Uh, never mind them. They're fainting goats. If they get startled or excited about the least little thing, they just up and faint for a couple of minutes. Doesn't hurt them, but it took us forever to get here from America. Anyway, name's Patrick, and this is Sally. We never could have made it across the Atlantic if you hadn't been so smart. Thanks a lot, said a plump raccoon, his wife sitting next to him, waving. Max and Kate looked at each other. They had never seen creatures like this. Fainting goats? And the other two looked like they were wearing masks. And where was America, anyway? On and on it went. Soon they were greeted by a pair of emperor penguins standing in the middle of an ice-filled stall, clapping their fins in appreciation of Max. Way to go, Max. Uh, we floated on an iceberg as long as we could. But it grew quite small when we entered the hot tropics. It would have been way too far for us to swim all the way from Antarctica. The whale came at just the right time. Two leopard seals barked their appreciative remarks, joining the penguins as they clapped their fins. When these animals spoke, their icy breath made puffs of steam rise in the air. Liz, are you hearing this? Kate said to Liz, caught up in the wonder of seeing all these grateful animals. But Liz wasn't listening. She was staring in disbelief at the stalls that had mysteriously transformed into the natural habitat of each animal they passed. There were desert and arctic zones, green pastures, forests, and rocky areas. The stalls all appeared to have a light source as well. This wasn't possible. It defied all logic. Liz walked along with her brow furrowed. Liz had no earthly explanation for what she saw in front of her, but she was gloriously fascinated at the same time. She was surrounded by untold scientific exploration and discovery just waiting for her. Al simply walked along, but she noticed he had tears in his eyes. Why, Elbel? Why is it tears? Liz asked. Al sniffed, then smiled and said, Look at all the food. Okay, here you go, said Shem as he stopped in front of one of the stalls. I think you'll be comfortable in this stall. Of course, you're welcome to come and go as you please, being such small, tame creatures. Shem opened the stall gate and stepped aside. Liz walked to the head of the line and stared into the dark stall. It was plain wood with nothing but a water barrel and dry hay sitting in the corner. She had seen these elements in the other stalls as well, but those stalls also had natural habitats. Curious, 
Liz proceeded to walk into the stall. Max, Kate, and Al followed right behind her. When the four animals entered the stall, they felt grass sprout up under their tired paws. Rocks emerged from the grass all around the stall, and Al cried out in fear, What is happening? The earth is shaking, the big orange cat said, as he lay down on all fours, grabbing the grass with his claws. Liz was too awestruck to respond right away. So were Max and Kate. They just stood there speechless until the rocks stopped forming and all was still. Mist clouds swirled and danced about. A warm light glowed from an unknown source, illuminating the stall. Ah, it looks like you're from a beautiful green part of the world, Shem said, smiling as he walked into the stall. He looked down at Al, who was about to die of fright, and bent over to pick him up. Al scrambled to put his head on Shem's shoulder, shivering as his heart pounded. Shem gently stroked Al's back, orange fur flying off as he did so. It's okay, orange fella. God has provided your natural habitat to live in aboard the ark. That's all. I know it scared you, but there's nothing to fear. You'll love it here. Look, I'll show you. Shem said as he walked over to where a hedge of bushes grew. They were covered in berries. He picked a few and put them under Al's nose since the cat's eyes were closed tight. Al sniffed and opened one eye. Berries! he yelled and then took the sweet fruit from Shem's hand. Shem laughed and set Al down on the soft grass. He looked at Max, Kate, and Liz and folded his arms. You see... You won't have a single need here on the ark. God has thought of everything. I'll leave you for now to check things out. Shem left the shocked animals alone in the stall, staring at each other in disbelief, while Al proceeded to gorge himself on the berries. Kate looked around, wide-eyed and grinning. Oh, Max, it looks just like home. It feels just like home. I can't believe it. Hi, lass. This is something I never would have dreamed of. The Maker has surprised me again, Max replied, turning to Liz. So there, Missy, what do you make of all this? Liz sat there silently, her tail slowly tapping the floor. She was in deep thought, reviewing the series of incredible events. Max called loudly again to Liz to break her train of thought. I said, what do you make of all this? Oh, we, oui. I'm sorry, but I was thinking. It is obvious that the transformation took place as we entered the store. Beyond that, I am certain of nothing. Liz replied with a wrinkled brow. Kate walked over to Liz. You must be so excited, Liz. You can study all these amazing things and help us understand it all. Kate stood there, tail wagging and eyes grinning at Liz. Liz returned a weak grin. Well, I shall do my best, mon ami. It will take some time, no? Well, I hope time is what we have plenty of then. I'm ready for a rest. But first, I think I'll join me friend Al and try those berries. Max said as he walked over to the hedge. 
Al smiled up at Max, berry juice dripping from his chin as he grinned and said, Max, these berries taste just like the ones from home. Try some. Together, the two devoured a cluster of berries, laughing with joy and relief as Kate joined them. They had made it. Finally, their long journey was over. They were safe aboard the ark. Max was a hero, and they all had the comforts of home. What more could they possibly want? Everyone was content, except Liz. She wanted answers. She walked over to inspect the threshold of the stall, studying it for any clues of how the transformation began. Her gaze then drifted to the stalls across the corridor. She smiled back at the animals that were still hovering in their stalls to get a glimpse of Max, the hero. She marveled at the tropical climate in front of her. There stood a pair of huge Galapagos tortoises, heads raised to get a peek at Max. A pair of green iguanas climbed on top of the large tortoise shells to also get a good look, smiling and waving at Liz. Liz nodded her head in hello before her gaze drifted down the dark end of the corridor to the one stall where there came no cheers for Max. This dark stall was filled with rocky ledges and a cave. And standing silently in front stood two creatures glaring at her. There was no hello or greeting, just icy cold stares from yellow eyes. Liz shivered. It was the wolves. Well, lass, you still want to do the whole hero thing? Because I sure don't. Why do you have to make a big deal of all of that all over again, especially with them wolf beasties on board? I sure weren't no hero to them. No, mon ami, not so much. But I want you and everyone listening to hear what Miss Jenny thinks about you. It is time for Jenny's Corner. Miss Jenny? Well, Liz, I understand you have a pretty serious question for me this time. Oui, madame. I want you, the author, to give your description of our dear friend, Max. Max. Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce. Don't you just love how he is brave and bold and fearless and wants to protect the glen and all the creatures and is always the first to run to the front of the battle? I love that about him. And, you know, we all want a little bit of a hero in us, you know, um... And we all hope to maybe be the one who would step up and run to the front of the battle when it's called for, and to be the bold one to protect others, and to be fearless, and to take on any challenge. And, you know, even heroes, they've got their weaknesses, whether it be abilities, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but, you know, Max has an issue with water, or whether it be something that may have frightened us that we carry with us. Something happened in Max's puppyhood that he carried with him his whole life. And it can affect the way we live. And so in looking at Max, look at his strengths and weaknesses and think about yours. And is there something maybe sad or hurtful that happened to you when you were little that makes you act the way you do today, maybe in a negative way? Well, maybe you can take a look at that and say, you know what? It's time for me to overcome this fear, just like Jesus helped Max overcome his. Oh, well, thanks loads for that. That were embarrassing, too. Oh, contraire, Max. Thank you, Miss Jenny. 
Max, oui, she pointed out your strengths and perhaps a weakness or two, eh? But what did she name you? Well, she named me Max, duh. No, she named you Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce. That is your name and that is who you are. And most important, that is how the maker sees you. Well, I can't argue with that. Precisely. Every one of us feels scared or ashamed or just not good enough. But those are just feelings. Aye, but feelings can be pretty strong too, then, lass. We, oui. and so those feelings can play tricks on us and make us to believe lies. But that is not how the Maker sees us. Oh, to the Maker, we are dearly loved and precious. And nothing, not even our feelings, can change that. So we can trust him with our whole hearts. Do you know who taught me that? Uh, no. You did. When I met you, I thought I had all the answers. I was Lisette Briand. Well, you are a smart kitty. Uh, perhaps. But it was you who I watched trust in his maker for every decision, every direction, every problem. And I realized that was wisdom far beyond my reasoning. So, Max, you are my hero. Uh, well, uh, uh, thank you, Les. Uh, um... Uh, now, sir, lad, can can you wrap things up then? Um, hold up, Max. I uh, I got something in my eye. Lousy allergies. Right, lad. Allergies. <laughs> yeah, mine are kicking up too. Then. Anyway, uh, our next episode is a pretty powerful episode indeed. All are now aboard the ark, but Krynan the seagull becomes more of a messenger pigeon, and the message. It's kind of a tough one. Be sure and join us. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www epicorderofthe7.com That's epicorderofthe7.com See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grande! Au revoir, mes amis! Always remember, you are loved and you are able. <laughs>